Hello, fiends. I'm Isabel. And I'm Andrew. Welcome back. And this is Paraffin Podcast. Damn sure is. How how are you feeling today? I'm doing all right. Uh, feeling a little under the weather, I suppose, as far as things go, but and, I'm uh, doing okay. Yeah, I think we're both a little under the weather, so if our voices sound a little, I don't know, shaky, that would be why, but we wanted to get this recorded and out to y'all and not miss a uh, scheduled drop for an episode. We are in the business of sacrificing our mind, body, and souls for you, the listener. I noticed that when we were recording Tuesday's episode, my voice was starting to get a little shaky there too, because I was starting to get sick, and now it's like full-blown sick. I, I don't know if it's like sick, but it's definitely, I mean, I guess you would have to call it sick, but under the weather, yeah. Yeah, well, it's sick for me, for sure. So speaking of sick, this episode is going to be sick. <laughs> is it? Yes, I'm very excited about it. Actually, I'm I'm excited too because it's your week. It to is my tell week. me a tale. But before we get to that, I just wanted to say that I've been keeping a close eye on the downloads for all of our episodes, and lately they've been going up pretty steadily. And I just want to say thank you so much to the listeners because without y'all, this would not be possible. Yeah, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and listening, and we really appreciate you telling your friends, family, and random strangers on the street about the podcast, and please keep doing that because it's only going to help us grow, and we can pack more people into that Facebook group and keep the fun going. Yeah, and hopefully, like we've talked about before, doing some live shows and, uh, you know, I don't know. The more I'm just listeners, looking forward to it. Yeah, the more listeners and the more people who follow the show, then the more opportunities we're going to have to bring you guys better stuff. Yeah. So once again, thank y'all so much. And uh, enough with the sappy, moving on to some paranormal real quick. Hit me with some paranormal. So this afternoon, I was sitting at the desk just trying to get some, like Tuesday's episode edited because, you know, we get everything prepared in advance. Oh, this is what you texted me about. Yeah. And I was sitting here. It was completely dark or not dark. It was completely silent in the house. You know, all the animals were quiet and they were kind of taking naps. The kids were at school. You were at work at your day job. And then I just hear a female voice say about three words coming from my kitchen. I have no idea what it said, but it was definitely a voice and it scared the shit out of me. Well, it came from the kitchen. So it was probably like, damn, this is yummy. <laughs> there wasn't even anything on the stove. <laughs> I don't know. There's bacon in the microwave. That's true. That is keep, true. We have to keep bacon in the microwave to stop the cats from stealing it. Yeah, that's that's very true. So I have no idea what it was. I have no idea what it said. Uh, but I do know that I don't want it to happen again. And for anybody listening who's like, how do you have leftover bacon? All right. So we did BLTs <laughs> and like we were ha we didn't want to eat all the bacon. We wanted to save it for like BLTs later. So, you know, we put it in the microwave to stop thieving animals. You know, this is like textbook Andrew, because I'm sitting here talking about how I got scared shitless and he won't stop thinking about bacon all right that's fair that's, but it, that's always how you are just food 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 well i mean we're talking about kitchen ghosts and then i'm <laughs> thinking about kitchens all right fair enough well are you ready to jump into your tail i'm ready are you ready i think i'm ready all right strap in come closer fiendish friends and let us tell you a tale all right i am thoroughly ready to be spooked Okay, so, as long as recorded history goes, 
we have sought to communicate with those who have passed on to what exists after this life is over. Okay. There have been many different methods and attempts to do so with varying degrees of success. One thing is certain, though. When you attempt to reach into the beyond and make contact, you don't really know who or what is going to answer. I'm already not liking this. Those who extend their hand into the abyss take the gamble of what is going to grab hold. So today, we're going to get into one of the biggest, that's why we don't fuck with that, entities I've ever really heard of. Oh, good God. I already know exactly what you're going to say. Can you guess what it oh, is? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I am I am ready to just say, fuck that. I'm out. You can do this episode by yourself. Because we're talking about the spirit board demon. Oh, fuck. The one whose name starts with a Z. Oh, God. Don't. If you say its name, you are sleeping outside. <laughs> A hundred. You were going to take that motherfucker and y'all are going somewhere else. All right. Well, okay. So he, well, is he right? Okay. It. So it is a demon that from all accounts I have found is typically only encountered through the use of the spirit board, Uh also known as a Ouija board or talking board. Right. Now, here's something I want to get out of the way early on. It appears that this demon is drawn to the use of its name. So I'm going to avoid saying it altogether. I don't know if that's true or just superstition, but I also don't feel like rolling those dice. Fucking smart. It's kind of like Voldemort from Harry Potter, but this one is like hella paranormal. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm super glad you're not going to say that name because, oh, no. So if I must refer to it, then I'll refer to it by Z or just it. Okay, fair enough. Let's do it. All right. So before I get into it, a quick rundown of the spirit board for our paranormal novices out there. Fair enough. The board can be simple or elaborately decorated, but they all have the same basic layout. The board is marked with the letters of the alphabet in like a semicircle rainbow arc and the numbers zero through nine. And then the words yes and no. Okay. Now, sometimes the board will have the words hello and goodbye. Right. The participants use a heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic called a planchette to identify letters, numbers, or words. Now, the planchette has a hole cut into its center so participants can see the figures. Now, the idea of the board is that participants lightly place their fingertips on the planchette and spirits can use the participants' energy to move the planchette and communicate. Hence, talking board or spirit board. Yeah, and this is 100% what I don't fuck with ever because I fucked with it once, once, and never again. And that'll be a story for a different day. Oh, yeah, 100%. And... uh, I don't look forward to that day, to be honest with you, because that was a horrible story. It is. But we'll get, like I said, I don't want to sidetrack. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Well, I do want to sidetrack away from what I was talking about. Because on a side note, the spirit board is typically referred to as a Ouija board Mm -hmm. in mainstream media. But Ouija is actually a trademark of Hasbro as they started selling spirit boards as children's toys. Yeah, I didn't know that, that that was a trademark of Hasbro. Yep. Like, I know that they were marketing it towards children, which I think is, okay, my own personal opinion, because I know that there's people out there that absolutely love these things. They don't think there's anything wrong with that. That is your prerogative. No hate here. For me personally, I do not want that thing in my house, and my kids are not touching it. Yeah. I mean, and you'll see a pretty good reason why here coming up. Yeah. Now, although the trademark for Ouija goes back as far as 1891 to the Kennard Novelty Company. Wow. It would also seem that there are two camps in the pronunciation of the word, one sticking to Ouija and the other firmly planted in Ouija. Okay. 
I honestly don't have a preference, but I think I've heard Ouija board more often than Ouija board. Yeah, me too. Now, the next bit of background trivia is pretty cool. The spirit board, or at least a version of it, was first mentioned in China during the Song Dynasty around 1100 AD. No shit. It was referenced as a form of automatic writing called planchette writing, where the planchette had a stick and would write in ink or sand. This method was used as a form of communion with the spirit world and was considered by some to be necromancy. I can understand why they would think it to be necromancy. Yeah. I I mean, mean, you're talking to the dead. Exactly. Supposedly, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. And now I say this is a form of like the first spirit board because in the Chinese language, they don't have an alphabet as much as like a character for each individual word kind of thing. So. With not having an alphabet to draw the letter or draw the planchette to the letters, it seems like this was kind of the first form of planchette using to communicate. Yeah, no, yeah, I get it. The spirit board picked up a lot of steam in the United States following the American Civil War when people sought out mediums to contact their lost relatives. This circles back to the Kennard Novelty Company and the first registered trademark of the Ouija board. Okay. So there are two groups that are staunch adversaries of the spirit board. The first being the scientific community. Their belief is that spirits don't control the planchette, but it's the human subconscious that drives users to move their hands unwittingly. Okay, that makes sense. So the scientific community doesn't typically believe in the after... Well, I guess like in spirits in general. Exactly. I mean, they want to go for the explainable. Right. Now, the second major group being Christian denominations. Okay. Their stance is based on demonic activity, which can spawn from the use of a spirit board. Now, I'm very demon adverse, so I shall not be playing with any spirit boards. (laughs) Yeah, same here. It's really more of a risk-reward situation for me, kind of like with all that we covered during the Summoning Games episode. Uh Uh, Could I possibly talk to someone on the other side? Sure. But is it worth the risk of something much darker and much more dangerous coming through? Absolutely. So no thank you. If you, the listener, want to use them, and then that's your decision. But personally, I would advise against it. A hundred percent. That's. I think that we're very on the same page with that. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Okay, back to the main character of today. Okay. The spirit board demon. Its origins are pretty conflicted and hazy, but the accepted belief is that the origins start with the Mesopotamian entity Pazuzu. Pazuzu was the son of a god and king of demons of the wind. The demon wind was blamed for blowing in plague and famine. I know that you listeners can't see it, but I'm frowning <laughs> very, very much toward Andrew because he's saying names. No, it's that. It's not that one. No, I know what that one's name is, but that one is also a... It's like the whole like power in names thing. I think that you should just not say him at all. All right. Well... Well, what? Well, too late. Here we are. Yeah. Okay. Well, good job. If 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 we die tonight, y'all know why. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that one is that. There's a lot of uh, conflict with that background story. Uh huh. And they, they don't. They seem to be like linked, kind of in name, but the other one is more the actual name, the Z O Z O. Right. No, I I know, but you know, you know how I feel. I I understand it's You're close to that line. It doesn't cross it in my mind. Okay. Moving on. So the spirit board demon today is known so well for its penchant for contacting victims through spirit board sessions. The demon operates as its trickster. It will begin with a friendly back and forth, but as communications continue, they will take a turn. The demon shows its true colors and begins with profanities and threats. These threats have even been known to be personalized to an individual. Mm -hmm. 
The demon's presence is typically identified by a spirit board's planchette moving in a figure eight formation, followed by a radically sliding between the letters Z and the letter O. The speed and precision at which the planchette is stated to move seems to be what makes people a believer. Like, if there are six people using a spirit board and it's sliding in a perfect arc along Z and O very quickly... It's That's like, very hard to do. Especially for six people control, like with their fingers on the planchette. Right. So I know for me, it would convince me if I was messing with something that I shouldn't be, but I won't be. Right. Now, 100%. Some, <laughs> some claim the demon will try to hide its true name by referring to itself as, and I'm going to list off a few names here. All right. I'm going to plug my ears. All right. Here we go. Referring to itself as Zaza, Oz, Zo, Za, and Abacus, or worst of all, Mama. What? Yeah. Mama? Because M and A would be at the upper tier of letters opposite each other on the board. So it, it it's just like an accident that it's moving that way, kind of? Or it's just like pretending to be like this motherly kind of entity? I don't know. Caring, I guess? I don't know, but either way, it's terrible. That's, no, I, I'm not fucking with anything that's like, I'm your mama. Yeah, no thanks. Ooh. So the demon's presence gained some traction with a 2009 post on the forum TrueGhostTales.com. The post was made by Darren Evans and a subsequent investigation by Ghost Adventures team in 2014. Mm -hmm. Now, Isabel, I know you've seen the Ghost Adventures episode I'm referencing as we have watched it together. Right. But I went back and found the post from 2009. Okay. Now, even if a part of that story is true, then it's horrifying. Yeah. But here's some of the things described that sketch me out the most. Okay, so the first one, saying it wants to take his girlfriend to paradise, which, mm-hmm. which at first is only kind of off-putting. But then when asked where paradise was, it replied H-E-L-L. Yeah, just straight taking her to hell. Yeah. If Ugh. hell's paradise, then you're not a good guy. Yeah, no, not at all. So it was then asked what a good name for a rock band would be, and it replied Iron Tongue. And Darren was like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty cool name. But then Darren's daughter was struck by a mysterious reaction, causing her ton- tongue to turn rock hard and almost asphyxiator. Now, real quick, isn't that kind of like an odd question to be asking a Ouija board? Like, hey, what's a good rock band name? Yeah, especially after it tells you that it wants to take your girlfriend to hell. I just feel like that's a kind of like out of left field kind of question to ask. And then Iron Tongue is... I don't know. That's just odd. It is odd. And so all these these three questions or three statements, events, were not back to back. Oh, they weren't. Okay. These are just like the three things that were like, holy shit, the most. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So then number three, taking a photograph of the room they were communicating in and seeing winged skeletons flying around the room in the photo. Winged skeletons? Skeletons with wings flying around in the picture this now this isn't the episode right this is like the just no, a this, forum post yeah this is from the 2009 post okay because i was like i don't remember that from the episode no this wasn't not none of these were in the episode okay this is okay the precursor to the okay episode. making sure because i was like I, I think i would have remembered winged skeletons in a picture right why so, have we not seen that picture i tried to find it and i couldn't find it i and, mean to be honest with you, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, but even if you could find it, I, I don't know if I would actually want to see that. That would be scary as hell. Could you imagine, like, even if it's like a Polaroid or a digital camera, you pull that photo out and you look at it and you're like, that's in the room with me? Ugh. I mean, I have seen some pictures from paranormal investigations that's like are make me pause. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
whenever you see that, like when we did the Amityville episode and the picture with the little kid in the house, oh, there was peering around the corner. It's so innocent looking, but it like kind of chills you because it just, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. This though, winged fucking skeletons yeah. would fucking just destroy me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just ugh, shake those chills off. Yeah. No, no thank you. Okay. So like I said, I haven't seen this photo, but it would creep me the hell out. Right. But that's arguably one of the lightest of the three. Okay. Anything that you can have with a physical effect on you or other people you care about is not something you should play with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, like when you're talking to the demon and it's like, oh, yeah, iron tongue. And then your kid starts to as- asphyxiate. No. Yeah. No, absolutely fucking not. Now, Darren also blamed uh, his daughter almost drowning on the demon. Oh, I mean. In the bathtub. Do you blame him? No, but I'm saying like that. Good God. Affects like attacks on a person. That's it's like one of those get the fuck out of there situations, but then you have to worry like is it gonna follow you? Like yeah, how exactly. the fuck do you get rid of it, you know? Exactly. So at the end of his thirteen paragraph long post, Darren asks people to heed his warning. He further states that if one to were to encounter the demon, they should close the session properly, cleanse the house, and never engage with the entity again. And closing it is by telling it goodbye and putting the plan chat to goodbye, right? So there's a few different ways that people have described closing closing the session properly. Mm-hmm. But one thing is clear and that if you don't close the session in a structured manner, then you're just opening yourself up to all sorts of things. But I mean, truthfully, aren't you opening yourself up even if you don't close it out anyways? Okay, yeah, but it's it's like opening the door, seeing something you don't like and closing the door versus like, Opening the door, seeing something you don't like, and then just running away while leaving the door wide open. I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, even though you close that door, isn't it possible that they could just open it back up and walk through? Or is that door now barred? Well, no. According to the Ouija lore, or spirit board lore, then once you close the session, you're closing that door and it's it's done. All right. Fair enough. Anything that got in while the door has been open... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that is. Yeah, fuck that. So the appearance of this demon on forums and websites across the internet has only been increasing. Some point to this as being evidence that Darren fabricated his encounters and that all the interactions being reported are just some form of mass hysteria. Others will point to the idea of demonic slumber or demonic hibernation as the cause. This theory states that a demonic entity will have long periods of dormancy between recorded activity. That's interesting. So just because... People have been using spirit boards for a long time and it's never populated and there's no recorded uh, interactions with it. Doesn't mean that it what wasn't real. It just means that it wasn't doing anything. I mean, I hate to like bring it up again, but we could go back to the Amityville house and argue that, you know, maybe that demon is still there and is just chilling. Yeah. And that it's dormant. I mean, we don't know. I mean, you're right. We don't know. And I mean, maybe Darren was the first to contact the recently awoken spirit board demon in the digital age. Maybe those who have interacted with the demon before just didn't know where to get the word out. And it's only been rumors floating around small paranormal circles. And then Darren's post brought people to just together to discuss their experiences. Well, I mean, the internet, it, you know, it blew up and it's it's a new concept really in the grand scheme of things. Oh, yeah. And so you have to think that a lot of these things that we hear now that have blown up or whatever were, were floating around before the internet just in small circles, but they, they yep. had no chance to like, quote unquote, go viral. Exactly. So, 
Yeah, there was no way for paranormal to go viral before the internet, really. Exactly. I mean, there was movies, film, radio, but it just wasn't as effective yeah, as the Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Now, further causing skeptics to doubt, though, Darren wrote a book in 2016 titled The ZOZO Phenomenon, and it was co-authored by paranormal researcher Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who is a pretty well-known paranormal investigator. Okay. The book's synopsis reads, For decades, unsuspecting users of spirit boards have been pestered and attacked by a malevolent entity that calls itself Z, the King of Kings. Evenings of entertainment have ended in anxiety and fear with lingering problems ranging from hauntings to dream invasion to psychological terror. Darren Evans is a paranormal survivor who learned about Z the hard way and took his story to the world. People around the planet respond with similar stories and some that were even more shocking. In this groundbreaking book, Darren Evans and paranormal expert Rosemary Ellen Guiley probe the mystery of Z from ancient gods to modern aliens, demons, and more. Who is Z and what does Z want? The answers will surprise you. Oh, I don't like that. Okay, so I replaced the name with the letter Z. Right. Because he says the name a lot. Okay. Now, I really hope they don't make this into an audiobook because I can only imagine how many times it would be said and that could bring a shitstorm on you if you weren't careful. Oh, I know. Especially with people that don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's people out there that genuinely don't know that supposedly by saying this fucker's name, it brings them into existence. Yeah, that that's not in the posts, the early posts, and it's not in any of the stories online. So you kind of have to do the research yourself and figure out that like that's a potential. Like, I don't know if this book has like a a warning or something on it, like some kind of you know, hey, just just you know. So you're aware. Yeah. Um, But it really should if it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, if Darren even buys into that belief. Yeah, that's well, fair enough. Now, here's some additional beliefs about it and the interactions with it. Okay. Some believe that once you engage with the entity using a spirit board, you will only be able to communicate with it exclusively. Really? Now, it may be pretend to be something else at first, but it will always reveal its true nature throughout the course of the session. Now, there's also a belief that if you communicate with it using a spirit board, that spirit board is now tainted, and it will communicate with users again, even if a completely different group is using that board. That's terrifying. Yep. That's a terrifying aspect to think that, like, it will attach itself to you always and to that fucking board. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Oh, I don't like that. Another belief is that it does not take the mocking of its name lightly. Those who make jokes about it and call it Bozo have experienced members of their group becoming possessed and speaking in a deep demonic voice. Why does that not surprise me? I mean, nobody likes to be mocked and I bet demons don't like it either. Yeah, no, definitely not. But I think the consequences of mocking, you know, somebody you work with or, you know, somebody on the street have much bigger implications when it's a demon. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, for sure. Okay, so the last belief is probably my least favorite. Probably the biggest reason to nope away from spirit boards altogether. Do I even want to hear this? You tell me. Oh, God. In some cases, it is believed that it is able and will stick around after properly closing out a spirit board session. Ugh, no. This has been reported through events such as shadow figures lurking about, objects and items being moved about on their own, and sounds coming from unoccupied rooms. Nope, get me the fuck out of here. It also has uh, come about in dark and generally messed up dreams mysterious and unexplained wounds in places you don't remember hurting yourself, 
and your furry friends generally spazzing out at seemingly nothing. Ugh, I don't like this at all because do you remember my story that I told you and about how like I was experiencing like night terrors? Yeah. I don't, I, I'm like almost like a believer now that this might have been the issue and I do not like it. And now if you use the spirit board again, you know who's coming. I have absolutely no desire to touch one ever. I did it one time and that was enough for me. Like I learned my lesson the fucking hard way. So if you play with a board and your cat or dog ends up staring into the abyss, generally losing their mind or refusing to go into specific rooms, you may have fucked up. Oh God. I don't like this (laughs) at all. And back then, like we didn't have any animals. So, like, I couldn't even test that theory. So, I think, like, cats and dogs are weird, and they'll stare into random corners or, like, you know, look at vents or whatever because they can smell, hear, or, you know, see things that we can't. Bark at the wind. Right. Right. But this seems to be on a whole different level. Like, you can just tell. Yeah. I mean, animals, like, okay, so... Back to what happened to us earlier. Like, all of a sudden, none of the dogs or none of the cats wanted to go into the kitchen. That would be a red flag. Ugh. That, ugh. I don't like it. Okay. Okay. One spirit board user encountered it during a party with some friends. During a lull in the party, she and her friends decided to break out the spirit board and ask typical spirit board questions. What happens after you die? Will I ever find true love? And all the -the run-of-the-mill questions about the unknown. Okay. They sat down and opened the session. They asked the first question, is anyone there? The planchette slowly glided to yes. The follow-up question, who are we speaking with? The planchette rapidly shifts between the letters Z and O, keeps going until the question, what do you want? The response was three letters, H-E-R. They asked, who is her? The group began to panic as it spelled out the name of one of the girls present. What do you want with her? The planchette flew between the letters rapidly. I want her. The planchette reverted back, reverted back to sliding between Z and O repeatedly. I fucking hate this. <laughs> it would not answer any further questions about why it wanted their friend. The girl got frustrated and called it a pussy, to which it replied, death. The host of the party got angry and said not to provoke it because it was capable of bad things. Meanwhile, another one of the group just sat there, freaked out and not speaking a word the entire time. Uh, Yeah. The planchette began to feel hot, and the host asked the rest of the group if they felt the heat. They all said they did. The group continued to ask questions, but it would only respond with the word, Mama. The host got annoyed and began swearing at it. Another friend panicked and removed their fingers from the planchette and refused to continue. That's when things shifted. The host could feel it in the room with them. She was overcome with terror, and the feeling in the room became overbearing. The host felt as if something had taken a hold of her, and she was no longer in control. She was overcome with the most intense feeling of hate, more hate than she had ever felt in her entire life. She fell into a fit of hysterical laughter, only to begin weeping without control. Then the hate returned. She gazed at the friend it had stated it wanted while wearing an evil smile on her face. She wasn't the one smiling, though. It was. The group quit using the board, but the overbearing feeling remained. A good while passed before the presence faded, and the feeling became neutral again. A sense of fear remained in the group after the experience, but nothing else happened after that evening. The host published this story and a piece of advice to serve as a warning to readers. Avoid the demon by avoiding the spirit board altogether. Ugh. No. No. 
no, I fucking hate this. Every part of it, I fucking hate it. And it just, I, okay, a stupid me, 16, right, doing this stupid shit. And this just, like, brought flashbacks. Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, it was making me remember what I went through. Yeah. And honestly, stories like that are just bone chilling because it's so plausible. And because you're opening up that door to the spirit world and you're trying to communicate and uh, it's just so much potential for things to go wrong. See, okay. So one of the, one of the people that I actually did the spirit board with, I actually still talk to him. He's still one of my, you know, pretty good friends I wonder if if we ever truly decide for me to tell that story, if we can get him on and he can talk about it with me about how we both, because he was there. Yeah. He can back it up and he can tell you that like, it was f- fucking weird. Yeah. Okay. I mean, reach out to him after this and we'll see if we can do that. Yeah, maybe so. We'll try. The Spirit Board Demon. Is it a real denizen of hell or just another internet creation? Does saying the name actually draw it to you? or just a superstition created to ramp up the fear factor. If a demon's goal is to ruin lives, possess people, and just cause general chaos while remaining hidden from those who wish to combat it, then this one is doing a rather good job. I'm going to leave this one to you, the listener, to decide. Is it a fearsome fiend or a figment of fiction? As for me, it's like I always say, I'm not rolling those dice. Fuck no, I'm not. I believe it's real. Yeah. There is literally nothing within me that thinks it's fake. It There's... Enough there to make me cause, like, pause and be like, mm, I don't think it's worth the risk. Even if, like, the 1% chance of it being real, then no, it's not worth it. Yeah, no, absolutely fucking not. And I think partly the reason why I am so adamant that it is real is because of what I went through. But I think even if I didn't go through that, I would still fucking believe in it because I just fully believe that demons are a thing. Absolutely. And I think demons are a thing as well. And I think that the spirit board is a great path for a demon to reach out and just be injected into your life. So is it this particular demon or is it just a different demon and a series of different demons infecting people's lives? I don't know, but I do know that demonic entities are out there, negative entities, whatever you want to classify them as, and they will fuck with you. Oh yeah. And I think my thought on it is if, you know, demons are real, which I fully believe, and they they obviously are here for a reason, right? They're here to cause chaos and they want to fuck with you. They yeah. want to fuck with you. And what what better way to do that than somebody trying to reach out to say a loved one mm-hmm. or whatever the case is, like these people are fucking with something and it gives them a perfect opportunity to just swoop right in and take control. Absolutely. You think you're talking to grandma and then all of a sudden you're talking to a demon. Yeah, that's 100%. Oof. I, I was actually uh, very concerned after, like when we first started this podcast because I knew that we were going to go into some like heavy topics that like they're heavy for me personally. Yeah. I know that this topic might not like affect as many people as it does for me, but it affects me a lot. And I was wondering if this one was going to get brought up. It damn sure wasn't going to get brought up by me, mm-hmm. but I was wondering if one day you would bring it up and you just, you did not disappoint. Nope. I went, I knew that it would uh, be one that really freaked you out. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Oh yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, welcome. yeah. Uh, why not just freak the fuck out of me? Because, you know, love and stuff. Yeah. 
I love freaking you out. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm done talking about this crazy ass demon. Are you ready to move on? Yep. Cause I'm done too. <laughs> we gather here today to hear a tale from our friends from the other side. Okay. So you've got the first listener story. I do. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Okay. And actually, before I start, I wanted to say I actually have two listener stories for you today. Yeah, instead of the normal one. So you're surprising me with a doubleheader. I am. And mostly because I just could not decide which one to go with because they're both so good. All right. All right. So here's the first one. Hey, fiends. If you could keep my name anonymous, I'd appreciate it. I definitely have a story for you. I'm ready for it. My wife, myself, and our four children lived in Florida, and right before we were set to move out of state, we started having a bit of an issue. There had been, for some time, the classic little glimpses out of the corner of the eye. Along with those glimpses, we were also getting these strange feelings. Like, I don't know how to describe them. We just felt off. Mm. One day, though, my youngest kid started talking about her friend. We chalked this up to just an imaginary friend, this new little invisible girl who had befriended our child. However, our eldest kid started telling us that she had also seen this not-so-imaginary friend. Fucking yikes. She was described to us as a small child around two years old with short, dark hair. Now, we waved it off as it seemed harmless. But then we started to see this little girl on a fairly regular basis, though it was fleeting. One day, I was in a dark bathroom with my youngest daughter calming her. She was whispering something, but I couldn't hear what she was saying. My blood ran cold as I got closer to her, hearing the words, They're coming. This would have sent a shiver down my spine regardless, but it was even more unnerving with the knowledge that my child wasn't fully communicative yet. Of course, I noped the fuck out of there, turning on the light. I looked down at my child, and she had her face pointed down with her eyes lifted upward toward me. The creepiest toothy grin was plastered across her mouth. I'll never forget it. (sighs) It was finally time to move northward, and we'd been thrilled to find our current home. It was a charming farmhouse built before the turn of the century. The 19th century, that is. We joke periodically about the fact that we were a a city family moving into a farmhouse, and not just any farmhouse, but an obviously haunted one. Oh, geez. Now, this was the basis for just about every Netflix original horror movie, I swear. But our move went smoothly, and all was, and still is, going fairly well. However, there have been some strange incidents. The first weird thing we started noticing was that periodically we'd find random screws laid about our home. Now, this might not seem too odd to some people, but these screws were not the normal kind we see nowadays. These screws are the non-mass-produced flathead screws that have not been around for probably close to, if not more, than a century. Now, we do have antique furniture, but with the number of screws we found in and around our decidedly non-antique bed... All of it would be in pieces. There are never any new screws found either, and none of them showed markings around the head where they would have been removed from something. Last week, I stumbled across two six-inch square-top carrier bolts with square nuts in my child's, my youngest child's underwear drawer. Not hidden there. It just looked like they had been tossed into the open drawer. 
Again, there were no markings and one of them was bent about halfway down. We don't have anything that would take these type of bolts. And considering everything is still in one piece, nothing is obviously missing any screws or bolts from them. We started making a joke about the, like the entire thing, lovingly calling whatever was leaving us the screw presence, the screw ghost. <laughs> now, while the land around our home had some weirdness to it, we hadn't had the looming fillings or any negative incidents inside the farmhouse. However, our little one has been, once again, having some visitors. The first one we called the little red guy. This particular entity has been taken, has to be taken with a bit of a, a grain of salt as small children are prone to describe things they see in different places, such as like TV in a way that just seems damned creepy. But this little red guy was just weird. Our youngest kept telling us over a period of about a week that there was a little red guy who would play in her room at night. I finally asked her, does he talk to you? And she replied, no, he just plays. Weird. Again, this is very weird, but what do we do about it, right? Now, it appears the little red guy had apparently found better things to do as of late. He luckily has not been mentioned in quite a while. So the other night, she started talking about the old guy from a long time ago. Ugh. Apparently, this man comes into her room, and she told us, he is from outside from a long time ago. He comes into my room through the door and he stands by my bed. I asked her, does he talk to you? What does he do? To my surprise, she placed her hand on her stomach and said, he touches me right here on my tummy. He places his hand here. No. I know, right? Now, obviously, I did not like this one bit, and it completely weirded me out. But just like the little red guy, the old guy has not been brought up again as of late. I did follow up on it, though, asking her about him later, and it seems he might have moved on as well, which, thank goodness for that, right? We hope so. Yeah. Now, for the last one that we have gotten mention of is, like, super creepy, and it was completely unprompted. My youngest walked into my room, sat on my wife's foot, and began hugging her leg. She told my wife, they take your blood out. They take out all of your blood from here and put poison in. My wife uh -huh. asked, who? My youngest replied, the bad people. They take out all of your blood and put poison in. I told them no, to stop. It was a long time ago. I have no idea what these entities are or where they came from, but damn it, do I wish they'd leave. Anonymous. Holy shit, Anonymous. Right? I freaked out reading this. Yeah, there's good reason to freak out because that's fucking crazy. Yeah, remember how I told you last time that I got a listener story and like instant goosebumps? That's it. This is it. Oh, yeah. Right I'm, here. Understandably. I was like, okay, the poison thing, super weird. Don't like that at all. But I got a just a actual reaction from he touches me. Yeah. Ugh. He touches me right here on my tummy. Oh my God. Fuck that. Yep. Burn I the house down. not like that at all. All right. So anonymous, it's time for you to burn your farmhouse down <laughs> yeah. and just salt the earth. So nothing grows there ever again. And you know, I don't know, just maybe just leave whatever state you live in. Yeah, maybe so. But thank you for that story. Anonymous. 
Okay, so are you ready to move on to the second one? I, you're crushing me with the listener stories, this one. I know. I did super well, right? Well, right. I didn't do well. The listeners did well. Yeah, well, you did a good job of picking them. Yeah. So with this one, um, the person that sent it to me, they didn't put their name down. So I'm going to assume that they want to remain anonymous. I mean, that stands to reason. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it says, Hey, fiends, love the podcast. It was recommended to me by a good friend. She got me hooked and has convinced me to share my story with y'all. Hope it is what y'all are looking for and doesn't give you too many chills at night. We were driving my friend's really old beat-up Subaru through a massive graveyard. We stopped and walked down a hill and came across a little pond. There was someone sitting on a rock on the other side of the pond. The figure was all black, and we couldn't make out any features other than the fact that it looked like a man who was wearing some old-style top hat. Weird. We stupidly waved and shouted, Hi! He didn't show any acknowledgement and continued sitting still on the rock. All of a sudden, he jumped to his feet, started running to us on the water, and then vanished Ooh. into thin air about halfway down the pond. Oh, no. My friends and I screamed and ran back to the car. Do not blame you at all. I would have done the same thing. What happened next? I got to know. Yeah. So when they got to the car, the car wouldn't start. And we heard something banging on the back of the car. Oh, now, no. it wasn't a constant bang, but every few seconds or so, we'd hear it. Nobody was outside from what we could see in the dark, but something was making a noise on the car. I opened my phone and started dialing my mom to come give us a boost, but I had no service. None of us had any cell service. The next 30 minutes were spent trying to get her car started. No banging was heard afterward, but we felt like this heavy pressure around us. Fuck that. Finally, the car started and she hit the pedal to the metal. We sped out of the graveyard so fast. Immediately crossing the gates, all of our phones regained cell service. One thing I know for certain is that someone or something was out there and it was not animal or human. Now, Ugh. I am a trained practi uh, practitioner in tarot, pendulum, and dowsing rod readings. So I oftentimes come across spooky and bone chilling events. I have tons to share if you want more. Blessed be fiends. Yes, we do want more. Yes, 100%. But also... But also Fuck all of that. Yeah, no, that's 100% what I said. And dude, okay, we know top hats and me and black entities, no fucking way, because that is fucking hat man. Yep. That's... And no. Dude, running at you across the water? I know, right? Could uh -huh. you imagine, like, you see somebody and you're just trying to be friendly and you're like, hi, and then they just fucking run at you? Yeah. Uh -huh. Across the water. So those were two really good stories, and thank you both listeners for sending them Oh, yes, in. thank you. But and like, please send us more. Please, like I, you offered, and we want. So the first one is like that slow burn, mm -hmm. and it's like just really creepy over time, and you're like, no, 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 I don't like any of it. And then this one was just fast-paced thriller, and it, w it got me, ugh. All right, well, I am ready to hear your listener's story. All right, cool, because... I like this one a lot. Okay. Um, well, okay. I don't like it, obviously, because <laughs> I would not want it to happen to me. Fair enough. But I do like the story. Okay. Well, hit me with it. All right. So he writes, hey, guys, I love the podcast. So here's my story. Go easy on me as it's my first time writing up something like this. I was about nine or 10 at the time all of this happened. We were living in, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, Wapakoneta, Ohio. 
at that, the time. That looks right. It, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and we had just moved into a new apartment. It was a small two-bedroom place just off the main street. It was me, my older brother, and my mom. The space was kind of tight, but we made it work just fine. The first month we were there went by with nothing out of the ordinary happening. That all changed around the two-month mark. All three of us went over to my uncle's house for dinner. We were there for a pretty good amount of time, and when we arrived home, we found our place was destroyed. Ooh. It was as if someone had broken in and ransacked the apartment looking for something. That's awful. The weird part is that all the doors were locked. What? There was no forced entry, no broken windows, nothing. I mean, nothing was even missing. We cleaned everything up and stayed in a hotel for the night. Our nerves were shot, and we just needed to be away for the night. We woke up the next morning and returned to our house, and everything returned to business as usual. Until that night, anyways. I was sleeping in my bed and woke up to being trapped underneath the blanket. What? I tried desperately to get out, but like I said, I was trapped. I tried to scream, but I couldn't make a sound, not even a whisper. My breathing started getting tight, and I was losing air. My vision was darkening, and I was about to pass out when the blanket was ripped completely off the bed. Oh my god. So doing what a normal kid would do at that age, I ran to my mom's room to tell her what happened. She thought I just had a nightmare, so she let me sleep with her for the rest of the night. After that, weeks passed by without any incident. All was quiet until around the four-month mark. That's when things started to get really crazy. We had begun to hear distant screams in the apartment. Screams? Yeah. S distant screams. Oh my gosh. Regardless of where we went. Oh. The cabinets in the kitchen would open and close at random. Oh no. All manner of wild and unexplainable things happened. But the last straw was the night when my mom and brother were picking me up from a friend's house. When we got back to the apartment that night, we walked into something out of a horror movie. There was a red liquid running down all of our walls. <gasps> oh I my god. I can't say that it was blood, but that's what it looks like. That was it. We left without a second thought. The real twist came after my mom told the landlord we were done. He managed to let it slip that the apartments were repurposed from what used to be a hospital. No. The real kicker? Our apartment was where the emergency room was. Oh my god. I hope my story is fiendish enough to make the podcast. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it up. Sean L. Sean, what the fuck? Yeah. That is, okay, that's dangerous, first of all. It was like choking him out. Yeah, like suffocating him under the blankets. Oh, that's awful. Could you imagine, though, for reals? Like, if that's like a life or death situation, kind of. Yeah, I've been in like a sleeping bag and like just zipped up all the way, and like you start to, you know, lose air and you gotta unzip it, and like you feel that fresh air come back in. Right. And you're like, oh man, I didn't even realize I was like losing air. But then to have like that happen and like you try to get out from it and you're just trapped. Oh, man. That's awful. I am. Okay. I know I've said this before with other listener stories, but I'm going to say it every time that something dangerous comes up. I am super happy that you were alive, Sean, because that is super dangerous. I could not imagine. And I'm glad y'all got the fuck out of there. Right? Oof. Could you imagine if like it, like, sorry, Sean, but can you imagine if the blanket didn't get ripped off and you had to find your child suffocated? Oh, I, I don't even want to imagine anything like that. That would be so horrific. Oh, oh my gosh. That's awful. Okay. Well, okay. This is that <laughs> sleeping is going to be so much fun tonight. But good job beating those ghosts, Sean. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, are you ready to move on to a video? All right. Let's do it. All right.
We'll believe it when we see it with video evidence. Okay, so now we're ready for the video. Oh, it, this is one of my favorite parts. I love video evidence. Well, I think you're going to enjoy this one, but you're also going to hate it. Oh, no. So this is a, another compilation, okay. but it's the first video in the compilation. Okay, cool. All right, so I'm going to have to narrate it as it goes. Fair and enough. You guys, the listeners, can check the video out, uh, post it on our socials, and re you can review it later. Or pause and watch with us. All right, here we go. All right, so it so, looks like a living room. Yep, regular right. old living room. What? Oh, something just fell yep. off of the bookshelf. Okay. Whoa. Oh, okay. Right Ooh, there on the, something. the uh, desk. Oh, Another stuff thing. is falling all off of that. Like, oh my God, the drawer is opening in the kitchen. Yep, shifty camera <gasps> view. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. It's like a spoon like came flying out or something. And, and another, another one? one? Oh, I don't like this at all. What else is going to happen? <gasps> the door is shutting. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the end? Yep, that was it. That goes was, into a different video. That was creepy. Yes. That was creepy. The camera shift into the other room. I, okay, I have a love-hate relationship with these kind of videos that like the poltergeist videos because they make me so excited, but I would hate if that happened to us. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of uh, Sean's story where oh, yeah. you just walk home, walk in the door and your home is just like wrecked. Yeah, this is like what he didn't catch. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't like that. But this is so interesting because do you remember our very first video evidence where I, I got you with that, that. that poltergeist one? I mean, it, I always try to look at those specific videos with a very like detailed eye if I can, trying to see if like somebody's in the background trying to like pull strings or whatever because people right. unfortunately do that. But this one's odd because... They, those were pretty wide-angled cameras. Yeah. And things were flying at, like, angles where there's – how would they do that? Yeah, it's really hard to explain. And I think that's what I like the most about it is that it's it's not easily explainable and being like, oh, yeah, it's bullshit. They just faked it. You know, they did all this. And to really fake something like that, you would have to put so much effort into it. Oh, my gosh, yes. That was a good one. You got me. All right. So uh, let's move on to the next segment. All right, let's do it. Cryptid catalog. Don't expect this in the mail. All right, are you ready to see the next cryptid we're going to put in our catalog? Hit me with that cryptid catalog. All right, so this cryptid hails from somewhere you've lived before. Oh, okay. Do you want to take a guess? I'm going to say Kentucky. Yes, 100%. <laughs> that's exactly right. There is a part man, part goat, and sometimes part sheep creature creeping around Floyd Fork Creek beneath a Norfolk Southern Railroad trestle named the Pope Lick Monster. That's now, I know, weird name, right? Yeah, I was about to say, that's a weird name. But when I first saw a picture of this creature, I immediately thought demon. Really? It looks so much like the goat version of the devil. Oh. Like a hundred, like what you have in your mind right now, that's what this looks like. I don't like that. Yeah. So it was named after the Popelick Creek below the Popelick train trestle. And it appears as a half goat, um, half man, sheep hybrid with a super grotesque, deformed human-esque body. It has goat legs covered in fur with an alabaster skinned face, sharp uh. horns protruding from its head. And it's typically seen with long, greasy hair and has a hooked nose and white said eyes. I don't know why greasy is always such a gross description with hair. Yeah. And okay, 
So I always try to find like fun cryptids and like, you know, may- maybe they're a little angry or something. Yeah. This one is just like, I guess this is just a demonic filled episode, <laughs> I guess, because this motherfucker looks like the devil, like a hundred percent. Yeah. I almost didn't do it because of that, but I mean, I just had to. Well, you picked the right cryptid for this episode. Yeah. So there are a ton of urban legends surrounding this creature's origin and how it claims its victims. According to a few accounts, the Pope-like monster uses either hypnosis or voice mimicry as a way to lure humans to the trestle. I don't like that. Once it has its victim within reach, the monster forces the person to step onto the train tracks to meet their death. What? Other accounts claim that the monster leaps from the trestle onto the roofs of the train cars that pass beneath it, while others state that the creature attacks its victims with a bloody axe. Yikes. Yeah, which kind of took me to like Bunny Man. Yeah. Ooh, I just don't like. Can you imagine this demonic creature coming after you with a bloody fucking axe? No, thank you. Yeah. So, regardless of how it lures you in, it's said that just looking at this creature is so unsettling that it drives people to jump from the high trestle. Well, I mean, I can imagine that. Could you, like, if you saw the devil and. He was holding a bloody axe or something. I'd jump too. He'd be like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, 100%. Now, it's possible that this monster might have actually been a circus freak that vowed revenge due to how it had been mistreated. It was said to have escaped after a train derailed on the trestle. Now, another origin tale is that it is actually the twisted reincarnation of a farmer who had once sacrificed goats to the devil in exchange for satanic power. Oh, that's not a trade I would make. No, absolutely fucking not. But that last one would make a lot of sense. I'd make a good movie, too. No, I don't want to see that. Like, that would make a compelling horror movie. I mean, fair enough, but you can go see it by yourself. (laughs) I don't want to see it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no thanks. I don't fuck with that. You know? Well, I mean, we do with movies. I'm, yeah, but this is different. This is weird. Well, I'm not going to make a documentary out of it, but, you know, <laughs> I would watch a, you know, horror movie production about it. Well, I don't know. I just don't like this thing. No, I don't blame you. I really don't like it either, but I still think that it would make a uh, compelling TV or yeah, TV movie, made for TV movie. I mean, all right, fair enough. I still don't want to see it. Anyways, are you ready to move on? Yep, I'm ready. All right. Is there anyone out there who wishes to communicate through the spirit board? So for this segment, we decided to not actually pull any actual emails and read them. We just kind of wanted to give an overview of an overwhelming response that we got to a our first Tuesday episode, The Summoning Rituals. Yeah, it was uh, a, a lot of really well-received responses. And we really appreciate just all the good feedback about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody loved that episode, I guess. And w- when we decided to do Tuesday episodes and kind of have it where, you know, we kind of stepped away from like the segments and kind of choose, like be able to choose um, stories that might not quite fit for a Thursday episode, I knew that summoning day, uh, summoning games would be perfect. And it was like one of those ones that I wanted to do several episodes of. So that will not be the only one that we do. Yeah, we'll do more installations. Yeah, that's why it says volume one. I fully intend to do several volumes. But people also really like the free form, like format of it. And I think in comparison or in conjunction with the Thursday episode style, just having that free form Tuesday really just 
kind of rounded it out. Yeah. And I mean, kind of going back to it, when we were talking about doing a Tuesday episode, we, we thought about, you know, doing just another Thursday episode on Tuesdays and we, we didn't want to do that. We wanted to shake it up and be able to give y'all something different. So you weren't just getting the same thing every time. So I'm glad that it was well received and everybody was on board with it. I'm excited for next Tuesday. I have no idea what you're going to do, but you said that it was going to be something that would be very interesting, right? I mean, to be fair, I think everything that we've done has been pretty interesting, but yeah, I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Ooh, okay. Is it something that maybe we can team up on and do together? Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to rework some stuff, but we can uh, we can hit it together. Nice. Teamwork. Hell yeah. High five. Nice. Good job. All right, Fiends. So thank you for joining us for this Thursday episode. We would absolutely love it if you would find us on our socials, uh, Instagram at Paraffin Podcast, Facebook Paraffin Podcast. The group is up, uh, Fiends dash a paraffin podcast group it's a place that just all the fiends can come together get to know one another just post and you know have a good time right absolutely yeah and we've also got our tiktok going which is paraffin podcast we said that we would have videos up by the halloween episode that didn't happen sorry life got in the way it does that sometimes because it's my birthday yep today is isabel's birthday yeah We weren't originally going to say anything about it, but I just had to say it anyways. All right. Well, now the cat is out of the bag. Yeah. Happy birthday, Isabel. Thank you. Um, So also our website is paraffinepodcast.com. I think that's that's it for me on the socials. Yep. And as always, we'd really appreciate if you like, share, and subscribe. And, uh, you know, make sure that you tell your friends, tell your family and tell a random stranger on the street about the podcast. Yeah, it really helps us grow. Like, I know that we have said that a million times, but it really, really does. And I love seeing that we're getting a small boost in numbers. And I just really hope that that continues. I I would love to be one of those like big podcasts, you know what I mean? To be able to come and everybody wants to see us. Yeah, absolutely. And we really want to keep doing this and, you know, having those additional listeners, having everything come together just enables us to keep putting out good content. And eventually, you know, we would like to pick up sponsors and just do more to bring you guys better stuff. Calling out HelloFresh. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or any anybody that wants to sponsor us, we're open. Just saying. We're available. <laughs> Don't come across too uh, too desperate. We're it, desperate. It drives people away. We're desperate. Sponsor <laughs> us, please. Anyways, fiends, um, thanks for joining us for this Thursday episode. Yeah, until next time. <laughs>